What is up, friends? Welcome to another episode of the What Made You Do It podcast. Today, we are talking to the one and only Jess Wendell. Jess is one of the most driven and badass people I know. She runs three businesses and somehow still has time to advise me on mine. She's full of insights on how to build a business that helps create the life you want. I think you're all going to love it. Let's do it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of What Made You Do It podcast. Forgot the name of it for a second there. <laughs> Still new. <laughs> Still new. Still working title. Uh, I'm here today with my amazing friend, Jess Wendell. And um, Jess is a absolute boss in all every sense of the word. Um, she is the founder of Maven Consulting, founder, co-founder of Drift Sleep. She is an advisor to a million different companies and is just a PR and marketing wizard. Uh, but Jess... Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to do this and yeah, just excited to see you and catch up. I know. This is, uh, I love how organically this interview came to pass. We were supposed to get lunch and I figured why we, we don't really eat normal meals anyway, so we might as well just do it over a podcast conversation. It would essentially be a lunch that we were having just recorded. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but amazing. So excited to have you here. Thank you. I went through a little bit of a laundry list of your introductions, so I would love to ask you, the first question I want to ask you is, how do you introduce yourself at a cocktail party, mm -hmm. at a networking event, and kind of encompass what, what it is you do? Yeah, I feel like it's actually par for the course for this conversation, but I despise the title of CEO mm. and even founder is a bit hard for me. And it, it's probably an imposter syndrome thing in a sense, but I never wanted to own a company. And so I will, if I'm introducing myself at a networking event, I'll say I have a PR firm that da, 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 focuses mm. on natural products and CPG. I uh, am a partner in a sleep wellness company. I am a partner in a non-alcoholic craft beer company. So I think it's, I don't want it ever to seem like I have this big ego. And I think sometimes, especially in the culture that we're in, just boasting about yourself is common form and sometimes why people start businesses. And that was never my intent. So I think I'm a bit skittish when it comes to like self-promotion, even though the name of the game for me and everything I do is promotion. Um, but it's, it's that sort of thing where I want to boost other people up and not necessarily take the credit myself. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm, I'm rethinking what I put on my business card. Um, just given, but I still, I mean, that's why for Maven, I have, uh, founder and chief Maven. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I don't want CEO and someone says, Oh, you're the CEO of your company. Well, chief Maven, whatever you call that, you kind of get to make the own, your own rules too. It doesn't have to be so corporate. It's uh yeah. I mean, that's, I kind of love that aspect of it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. CEO, CEO is just such an old stuffy. I mean, you just picture it. And it's and like, then I have a hierarchy of people below me. It's like, I don't. We're small. Like, yeah. there's no CEOing. I'm still very in the weeds of my business. Yeah, I do. I say we a lot, yeah. even though I'm quite literally the only right, right, employee. Right. Um, so, but okay. So, you, you mentioned a couple times that you did not want to have your own company, and now you have a plethora <laughs> of them. So I'm really, uh, I would love to start just kind of like picking, you know, piecing together the story of Jess and, and I yeah. guess what, what was it that you wanted to do when you were younger or even in college and whatnot? Yeah, I think some people start off with, I've always been an entrepreneur, right? Like I was doing the lemonade stands when I was six or like I was working in my parents' company. My, you know, parents are business owners. And while 
that's true in some forms. I just never set out to run businesses. Mm-hmm. I I was always so happy working for other people who I believed in, in roles that I was excited about. And we'll kind of get into the story of how all of this transpired. But really, the pivotal moment for me was there isn't anyone that I can at least identify right this second when I had this shift in, you know, going working from a nine to five into starting businesses that I was more excited about than doing it myself. Mm. It was almost like getting to a point where I had enough experience and enough expertise that I felt like I was going to have to fit into a role that wasn't what I wanted in order to do the things that really excited me and like got me out of bed in the morning. And so it was during COVID, like smack dab in the middle of the first summer that really the idea of Maven came to be. And it was a point where everything else was changing in our world that I was like, I'm working from home already. I don't see my coworkers already. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes the biggest deterrent from doing something quote unquote risky is that your life is going to change so much. And I just knew that my life wasn't going to shift. My day to day wasn't going to change that much. And I took a bet on myself, but I always knew that I could go back. I always knew that there'd be jobs I would be able to apply for. And I, my number one thing that I ask myself, not just in work, but in life, in love, in anything that I do is, what is the worst thing that could happen? And if you're okay with that, then you should do it. Totally. You know, taking a trip with someone that you maybe feels risky, whether it's a friend, a significant other, like... What's the worst thing that can happen is I'm going to be on this trip solo by myself and have to, you know, run around Amsterdam, you know, by myself. If that's the worst thing that happens, you should probably go. Same thing with business. If I fail, am I okay having to go get another job? Yes, I am. So like, why not just try? Why not just try? But it was never something that I intended to do. And I kind of surprised myself, I think, by going for it. Mm -hmm. No, totally. Well, okay. So what were you doing before? Like, what was it that you were leaving to take the leap and, you know, potentially coming back to if it didn't work out? So I've always been in PR, majored in PR in college, and I spent the first seven years of my career working at a traditional agency. I was the intern when I was still in college. It was my second internship, and it was like my dream job because it was this like it was just my boss and me, but she repped all the restaurants and bars in downtown San Diego, and I just thought it was the coolest thing. Fast forward seven years, I'm now the vice president of the company. We have 15 employees, and so I moved up the ranks quickly because there was no other option. I was the first hire, and so it showed me how an agency was run, showed me how to build a team, manage people, and I just got almost a master's degree in PR because it was such a small boutique agency, which I think is a blessing and a curse. Part of me wishes I would have been in a big PR agency so I could have seen, you know, something really built out versus startup mode. And then once I realized that I felt as though I was still an arm's distance from all of our clients, and we at that point were working in consumer products um, by the end of my tenure at the agency, I just felt like PR was so siloed from the rest of the marketing team and our clients were only telling us the bare minimum they thought we needed to know in order to do our job. Well, I really wanted to be more hands-on, call it a control freak thing, or just the fact that I really believe that integration of marketing and PR is so essential. And so I ended up going into 
perfect bar, perfect snacks. Um, as the marketing communications manager and really overseeing all marketing communications encompassing of PR into the refrigerator protein bar brand, Perfect Bar. I stayed there for six years and then it was post-acquisition to Mondelez in 2019. I stayed for a year and at that point it was COVID and we were, you know, everyone's kind of figuring out what's going on and I kind of had this aha moment of, I've created a well-oiled machine from a PR standpoint in Perfect Bar. I feel as though I can, you know, manage my team and potentially do this less hands-on than I am now. And so I pitched to Perfect Bar, who is my family, um, you know, can I start my own thing? And they've always been just so incredibly supportive about what your career trajectory looks like, not just within the confines of the brand, but in the future and setting you up for success there. And nothing is more exemplifying of that than what they did for me, which is that they said, go off and do your thing. And we can taper you off of your role at Perfect Bar. And you can start bringing on other clients. Just, you know, they didn't even tell me to not compete with them. I'm the one who said I won't ever bring on another, you know, refrigerated bar. But that was what gave me kind of the push to do it is I knew I had their support. I knew I could keep them as a client. And three years later, I'm coming up on three years at Maven. Perfect Bar is still my client. And so it's really, I've only had two other jobs in my whole career, which I think is unheard of for, you know, being in the workforce for 12 years. Um, And it's just something that I couldn't have done what I did with Maven. And then Drift is the sleep wellness company had it not been for the people who believed in me along the way and then also gave me the courage to kind of go off on and do what I felt was right. But you have to have all the pieces there to give you the courage to do it. Totally. Um, The one thing, uh, which employee were you at Perfect Bar, Perfect Snacks? My gosh. It was, it's tough to say because we had a production facility Mm -hmm. with um, like an entire operations team. But in the corporate team, I want to say I was like employee number... 18 or something okay maybe even less it was a really small office when i first started um it was 2014 so 2015 so yeah it was um the early days we call it the wild wild west days yeah no i I think it's it's really cool and i i feel like i have a thesis that you need to be exposed to how businesses work before you can really start a business and i mean my first job was at ernst and young where i saw zero seconds of how the actual business was run. Yeah, I was just kind of yeah. you know, doing it, your job, doing my job. Exactly. And, and it wasn't until I was working as the ni- 19th hire, 19th employee at a software company, sitting across from the CEO, watching them conduct business and, and everything that they were doing that I was like, Hmm, maybe I can do that. And it's cool that you had your, both your experiences were very like in the trenches totally. building it. But again, it is my experience, so it's all I know, but I envy people. Like, we have a mutual friend, Marissa. Yeah. She just got a new gig, and she's working in more of a startup environment, and she is coming from big CPG, and she's bringing all of her knowledge into this new brand, and I'm envious of that because she knows things that are so far outside the realm of what I understand, and so I do think that there's a place for both. And I do think also you can start a company when you're 16 and it could work. True. I think you just become, it's just, you know, more in certain areas versus others. And I do think that I've experienced a lot of the hardships that I 
otherwise would have in my first couple years of Maven and been able to avoid those. Mm. Um, Also with Drift, you know, my business partner and I both ran our own consulting firms and we built companies. So we, we are doing for our own company what we've already done for others. And we know, you know, all the different solicitations we get from every single service provider under the sun that is actually myself. I am one of those service providers. It's we know what to avoid and what to go deep on from a resources standpoint because we've done it for other brands. So there's on any end of the spectrum experience will help you, of course, right? And it's why you should start getting internships early. You should. I always tell people too, if they're looking to switch industries, it's not like a death sentence if you started your career in one place and you want to go to another. It's, but you you can take the necessary steps to gain experience before you need it. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I think the experience is experience is experience. Like it just getting any experience is great and whatever you have can be used to take you to that next level. And, you know, talking about Marissa, uh, her and I just had a conversation cause she, she went from big, big company with all of the resources mm-hmm. and now is like, you know, one, a one person team, uh, doing a lot. And, you know, I think there's there's so much that she has to learn about how right. all of the inner workings right. happened that were and in what to separate. like let go and be and know that it's not the right way to do it, but it's the way that it's done. Exactly. Um, okay, I want to talk more about drift. Yeah. Because um, this is your you, you have the you have the agency and then you have this physical product sleep tape. Give it give us a little like precursor. I mean, the one thing I'll say is it is the most adorable sleep <laughs> tape of all time. Cause it's, you, you'll, t- you'll talk about the shit, but it's shaped like lips. I don't know. I've, I've, all the sleep tape I see is this like super, just like creepy, aggressive and like you're a hostage mm-hmm. put over your lips. But, um, yeah, maybe even, yeah. Tell me the story of it and background about yeah. all of that. Well, I mean, I think to start since I was at perfect bar, I really dove into the CPG space. So mm-hmm. food, beverage, wellness is like where I play. And I told myself I would never start a food or beverage company. Like I knew that in my core mm. and, you know, who knows what the future holds. But um, the I also never thought I'd start a product company. But my business partner and I, we started, we met on LinkedIn the beauty of LinkedIn. Love it. And she was in LA. I was in San Diego. And I, we were meeting every other week just to, we were both like solo agency owners. We didn't have teams. And so we confided in each other to really be able to just troubleshoot and be that mind share as like partners, but not really partners working with the same type of clients. And we just like became really good friends. And I told her that, you know, my first year of starting Maven. I wasn't sleeping. I was pulling all nighters. I completely burnt out. And I went to a friend of mine who's a personal or a trainer for Tonal and super into biohacking, Jackson Bloor, just like one of my dear friends, shout out Jackson. And I said, Jackson, what do I need to do to biohack my sleep? I need to get eight hours out of four hours. And he was like, do you sleep with your mouth open? And I said, I do. I've had pictures taken of me before with my mouth open. For certain. Well, we'll insert one of those to the effect that <laughs> And he's like, you need to tape your mouth when you sleep because you'll have more energy in the morning. Nitric oxide, when you breathe through your nose, it oxidizes your bloodstream, makes you feel like you have more energy. It's like people hiking at high altitudes. They have the oxygen cans that they use. That's nitric oxide. Um, different from what you get at the dentist. That's laughing gas. Um, this 
is something that your body naturally produces when you breathe through your nose because your nose has different filters than your mouth. Mm -hmm. An interesting fun fact is that as humans, we're only supposed to talk and eat through our mouths and we're supposed to breathe through our nose. You've read the book Breathe. It's an incredible book. I yes. mean, it, it was pretty wild to, yeah. I think what was crazy was that when we first met, I was you reading, were reading it. it. Yeah. And yeah. you had no idea about drift. Yeah. Quick, quick background. I mean, so Jess and I initially met because I was uh, with my, my brand Oslo was like tabling at a, a naturally yeah. bolder event. Jess was walking around, just took a sip and just the most bubbly. I was like, this is fantastic. This is fantastic. She's currently sipping our new carbonated version. Also fantastic. To be, to be uh, released soon. Um, and then we ended up getting coffee like a couple weeks later and sat down and I was like, I think I must have been reading while I was yeah. waiting for you or something. Yeah. And I was reading the book Breath by, by James Nestor. It was too perfect. Amazing. So, yeah, uh, just quick. My favorite thing about that book was just realizing, again, what you said about we're not supposed to breathe through our mouths and, like, how many – obviously, there's a lot of studies and everything. I'm kind of just regurgitating something yeah. that I learned. But, like, all of – Almost all of our like hereditary ailments as a species are developing because we are breathing through our mouths and eating soft food. Yes. Um, and like those two like main jaw things. health. Who the heck was talking about jaw health five years ago? Like Nobody. now we know how you know imperative it is to our overall health. It's crazy. Yeah, and I'm, I started experimenting with like going on runs and only breathing through my nose, and it was it's hor horrible. Um, it is like you actually feel like you're gonna die. Yeah. But maybe it'll make me live longer. Who Which knows? Which they say, though, too, it's when you need more air, it's good to supplement with yeah. your your mouth breathing. But what you want to avoid is breathing through your mouth as your main source of air. Totally. And I, I mean, I could talk about this all day, which is probably why I did start this company. <laughs> but really, what so what stemmed from it is... Not only did I have this passion for it where I was like, how do I not know about this wellness trend? I'm in the wellness industry. This is crazy. And it's a PR dream because mm. it's shocking. It's weird. But it's also all natural. We're not even, you know, melatonin even is something that we'll never get into. We don't want to be in supplements. And it was just something that I saw such a PR opportunity with. And my business partner, Lindsay, is a marketing maven. And she – I just knew that we, we could – build a brand the right way in something we were proud of. And it's been two, no, it's only been a little over a year now and it's been absolutely incredible. And we did kind of sense the trend before it arrived, but we knew what type of research to do in that we had, you know, an Amazon team that could see what the market share was and what the top brand in the category was doing. And I think overall, the reason I went for it and started this is because I knew Maven was going to be my, my main thing and this was going to be a side project it's becoming less of a side project and more of a real thing but I think more than anything I get excited about things same thing I have a non-alcoholic craft beer company called Rationale also like my absolute passion project mm. these three companies first of all I didn't think two years ago when Maven was you know a year in Drift and Rationale were conceptualized I didn't think all three would make it this far and be successful and be kind of scaling and growing and the opportunities that have come about are just like I get teared up thinking about it but it's because I've genuinely been passionate about the why and the what of these brands with Maven I'm trying to kind of reestablish what PR is to growing brands and show them that it can be different than what they've known before and with mouth tape and non-alcoholic craft beer I mean th these are things that 
will better people's lives if they are looking for, you know, change or something different. And my goal is to get exposure for brands and products and people that matter and that can help other people. And that looks very different with every brand that you have. Um, but even something as like, this tastes good, it's a refreshing and it makes me like excited at the end of my day to like go home and drink this. Like that's a feel good thing. So it can look very different. But the reason I did everything that I've done is because I've been excited about it. A little ADD, a little Sagittarius shining through, <laughs> but all three of them are, are things that I just excited me too much to pass up. I think that's a perfect just like barometer for should I move forward with this opportunity because you know it's as you know and, and any entrepreneur knows it's the it's waves of excitement it's waves of like the you're in the trough it's really and, exciting when it doesn't exist yet ex oh it's amazing <laughs> when it doesn't have, exist if if I knew what I know now I'd still do it yeah but 100%. it's definitely your bright-eyed and bushy-tailed rose-colored glasses when it's a concept. And like any entrepreneur, you have 20 business ideas every day. And even today, I walked in the studio, I'm like, what a great business idea. <laughs> like you, But you just can't go after everything because you, you have to invest and you have to focus. Yeah. And, and one of the things that comes to my mind so much is the there's like a clip in South Park. Then I can't remember the episode where they're like starting this business. And it's like, A – start the business B question mark C profit. And it's just, that's all you see yeah. is like, here's what the, happens in the middle. The, like, and that's where all the magic is made, but you can't know, you can't know it until you're in it. Um, and you just don't know what direction it's going to take. So I say we're at, we're on Maven 3.0 right now. I tried to be like so different and so unique. And I saw this LinkedIn post that was like every marketing agency, we do things differently. We're not like other agent agencies they're exactly like every other agency. And I commented and I was like, to be honest, this was me. Mm -hmm. I think I didn't want to join everything that already existed. So I've spent the last three years trying so hard to be different and putting my energy there. And somehow, some way we've still been able to be successful, even when I'm putting so much energy there. We've worked with the most incredible brands, have the best team, but, and gotten great results, but it's, it's hard to start something and be like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to start something. I'm just going to be like everyone else. Who the heck wants to say that? Nobody. So when it was my business coach actually that said, you know, the brands aren't coming to you anymore because you're different. They're coming to you because you're you, you have this portfolio and you've built out this, these services that perform. And it was finally when I realized, oh my God, I don't have to be so showy with how we're different. I can just say we are this and that's enough. Yeah. But I don't think you can do that right off the bat. And even with Drift, it's like we didn't want to just be another mouth tape that was sold on Amazon. We wanted to be the best quality, the most gentle, the more feminine looking one. And it's hard to not want to be different. Well, and that's, I mean, one of the core pieces of building a business is like, what are your differentiators? Yeah. Like, how are what's you your, different? What's your unique positioning? And I think you absolutely need to have these like, you know, points to call out, but eventually it's just going to be the, the differentiators, you like, it is literally right. just, you are the one doing it. There's nobody else. Especially like you when it's service-based, right? Yep. And that's, but that's also the difference between a product and a service yep. is that you are the face, you are the brand when it's a service, when it's the product, it could be you or it could be someone else. The product might not change. Yep. So yeah, I just think it, it's hard not to fall into the trap of 
it's not, not even being inauthentic, but it's almost like you're, you're trying so hard to make something different, make something unique. People start businesses because they think they have, otherwise they're going to franchise something that already exists, right? Yeah. Like why start a brand from scratch when there's already a playbook to how to do it? That's a very real route to take, a very successful route to take. Some of yeah. the best businesses are the boring ones, but creative people often want to produce something that is their own, that's ownable, authoritative, and that's where more there's more room for pitfalls. I mean, and, and I think yeah, it's, it depends. It's it depends on what's your reason for starting a business, and yeah. is, do you do you see a gap in the market? Yes. Do you have yes. a problem yes. that nobody else is solving, yes. or are you like I am just way better at operating things than anybody else? Yeah. Like, let me just go yeah. deep on that. Um, and I'm, yeah, I wish I was a little bit better at operating things than I than I am. But you know, it's but we that's all the have thing. It's like you're the creative, you're the people person. Yeah, like I'm. I was joking with someone yesterday that I would rather be on eight hours of calls a day than have eight hours of working behind my computer, even though I'll take the eight hours of working behind my computer too of like uninterrupted time. But it's more exciting for me and more interesting for me to be talking with people all day than to be back on the other end, even though I know that I can do good work there too, but it's just not in my nature. So I need to hire a team that is better at those things. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that's been amazing about having my own company and is being able to structure my days in the way that like I operate the best. Um, Cause that's, I'm the same way. And I really, after about three hours of focused work, I am useless. Like I just, my brain doesn't work. I can't, I can't operate or continue down that path. So like my, I wake up, I do all my things. I do focus work in the morning and then I schedule all my calls for the afternoon because Mm. like you, I get energy from talking to other people. So even if I'm kind of fried from that standpoint, I can still show up and be like a contributing, you know, member to a lot of these different calls. That's a really good call on doing the focus work early in the morning and then afternoon calls. Hey, well, that's a perfect segue because you are such a personal development, just like figure. Um, Thank you. That's very nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, so you've worked for all these different wellness brands. You've started a couple and I I guess what, like what got you into personal development and yeah, tell me, tell me about that. I mean, I think it's just so broad, right? Because health and wellness is one thing, but like mind, body, soul is all encompassing. Totally. I will say that both my parents are therapists. Okay. So that's a big part of it. I you will were doing say, thought work at age three. <laughs> fortunately or unfortunately. Um, yeah, both my parents are marriage and family therapists. They actually work together and they're still married after 38 years. Incredible. Um, but I think that's always been part of my framework is just trying to, you know, understand emotions, but how much your physical health and your overall health and wellness, I mean, it's entire an entire ecosystem that you need to be thinking about, and it affects every aspect of you. So I think when I realized that your emotional, mental, physical, spiritual health all played a role in each other, that's when you start prioritizing it. And it's I think the most useful aspect of knowing that isn't being this like epitome of perfect health. Nobody is. I don't think that I have balance better than anyone else. But I think when you realize how good you can feel, that's when you start making it a priority. And it's, you know, sleep being a huge factor in that. I mean, I'm if I wasn't in PR, I'd be a nutritionist. Like I'm very we just were having a conversation about protein. Like I am I nerd out on nutrition um, because I know that it makes me feel better and I know it makes the people in my life feel better. Like I'm always just 
you know, trying to educate my parents and inform them about different, you know, adaptogens that they can add to their morning coffee and, you know, all the things that they can do to make themselves feel better so they can show up better for their life. And I think that's really what it comes down to. It's not this like checklist that I'm trying to maintain for the look, right? For show. It's really like, do I want to wake up and feel good and be able to show up for the things that I love best? And that I've, for myself too, it's like that's, that was an evolution. It was, I used to work out consistently exclusively for the, you know, aesthetic. The, the aesthetic of it and just, you know, being able to lift, lift heavy things. Yeah. Um, but as you mature, as you get older, as you realize how <laughs> unimportant a lot of that is um, and how, you know, you cannot feel you're no longer 18 years old yeah. and, and you've just got aches and pains and digestive stuff going on and, yeah. and not, then it's focusing. Um yeah, and it's, I also feel like it's just like an innate curiosity that you mm -hmm. have. Um, and Thank you. that's kind of what I've seen, or at least as you talk about these different ventures you've been on, it's more so been, okay, I've seen this thing that's out there. Like, why is no one doing it a certain yeah. way? Or like, what can is possible with it? And then going and exploring it. And these are the ones that captured your attention long enough to, to yeah. create it. So. Well, it's like knowledge is power, right? And I think the more informed we are about things in our life that matter the better we can be and yeah I mean I, I'm naturally like a storyteller I want to share things that excite me and I think nutrition and fitness and health it just there's so much that we still don't know and understand and the biggest factor is that every body is so different 100%. and so I have a laundry list of like what does the perfect day look like, right? I never do all those things. Maybe one day when I like start the list, okay, it's a new month. Like let's wake up at five, then meditate, then journal, then go work out, drink your lemon water, drink your coffee with mushrooms. Then you, you know, eat at noon to intermittent fast. Like all those things, I incorporate a good amount of them, but just because that works for me doesn't mean it works for everyone else. And so I despise the, you know, hit list of things that everyone should be doing every day. It's like, I think you should try those things and does it make you feel good? Like meditation for me is really hard to do. It's really hard to sit down and like quiet my mind. But I found that like guided meditation for 10 minutes is like the perfect amount. And I have seen such a, a difference in my reactions. Um, I always say that meditation helps you respond versus react. And I don't think I had that prior to meditating. So mm. when I'm able to find the actual benefit and have it be a tangible benefit, material benefit from something that I'm doing, I'm going to keep doing it. And so I, I don't think that people should do things just because they think they should, especially mouth taping is a great example. If you don't sleep with your mouth open, don't buy our mouth tape. Just <laughs> you don't need to. If you use it and you're like, I hate this, it does take some getting used to. I'm addicted to it now. Mm. And I have never done anything so consistently in my life mm. besides mouth tape and my Vietnamese lemon water I drink every morning. We're going to need to talk about that at some it's point. Too. from the <laughs> farmer's market in San Diego, small little mom and pop shop. It's incredible. But I, it's because I feel a material difference. And I think that's why people should do certain things. So it's like, try everything. I will try everything twice, if not three times, yep. right? But don't do it because you should. Do it because it makes you feel something mentally, physically, emotionally. That's such an important delineation there. It's like, you know, I, I, the, 
you said everybody's different and I think like we're also different at different stages too. And I, I feel like totally. I've fallen into the trap of, you know, I've meditated every single day for X amount of time. Yeah. And then, you know, I go through a stretch where it's just like, I am getting nothing from this. Yeah. And like, f instead of forcing myself to continue doing that because I need to check that box right. because that's right. what perfect Sam does, right. you know, like recognizing that and giving it space and time and, yeah. and adjusting what you're doing on a the daily basis. The ebb and flow of life. And like, right. I was... Just this morning, I've been like so good about working out and I knew that I was, I had like such a, in the mornings and I had such a like small amount of time. I was like, you know what? I'd rather not rush through my day today and just like t if it doesn't happen because I have plans tonight, it's okay. And it's you're going to okay. give yourself that grace, but it does feel better when I would, if I could have gotten a workout in, but like also not beating yourself up and just knowing that like the biggest thing is like trusting yourself and knowing yourself and knowing what you need when you need it. Like all you have is yourself. So the more knowledge you have, the more information you have to work with, I think you can make those decisions a lot more informed. I love it. I mean, I think there's Carl Lowenthal. Have we ever talked about her? Mm -hmm. So she has a, a podcast called unfuck your brain. Um, heard of it. She's, yeah. she's the best. She's okay. actually like one of the, she's the first podcast that I consistently was listening to, which is very interesting. It's very feminist focused and, um, you know, girl power. We love it. Um, but she talks about when you're building your kind of like ideal day, yes. you have an A, you have an A plan and a B plan. Ooh. And the A plan is like what you were talking about where it's, if everything goes perfectly, this is what I do. And you like know that that is not attainable 99% of the time. Yeah. So you create a B plan of like, what's, what are the non-negotiables of this list of 15 yeah. things that would be incredible if I was able to do, what are the two or three that no matter what I'm going to be able to yeah. like, make sure I have, uh, yeah. I, I, I get done. And that's, that was revolutionary for me because I'm the same way where it's like, I make this grandiose, my morning routine is just ridiculous. My and ambition itself. and what I think I can do in a day is really comical. <laughs> but you've done it. You've done it in uh, days before. Sometimes. Yeah. I just, I'm like overly ambitious often. Yeah. That's not a bad thing, but like having some realistic uh, right. approach. But and, yeah. and not beating yourself up. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it goes back to like the should aspect of it and like what yeah. feels good and just focusing on that. Um, okay. The... From a – the preface of this conversation, right, and we were talking about how there's a lot of stuff out there talking to entrepreneurs after they've already, yeah. you know, reached the mountaintop and, and this being an opportunity to kind of talk to, to people that are in it. Um, I would love to hear – about what your grand like aspirations are. You say you're very ambitious um, as we just discussed, but I would love to kind of like take a moment to teleport to this future state of, of Jess and what, where you're trying to get to, what's like the mountaintop you're trying to climb. It's a great question because I think without ever expecting to have businesses, you, I wasn't ever thinking about the end game when I started and people will, put those thoughts in your head of what the end game looks like for any sort of business, right? But I hired a fractional CFO and he had me do an exercise that he had me write out my owner's intent. The book is called The No BS Small sorry, The No BS Guide to Small Businesses, something of that sort. And your owner's intent is why you started the company, but it's different than you might think. So it's 
why you started the company and are doing it for you. So the owner's intent of the author was he wanted to build a company that he would be proud for his kids to work for one Mm. day. So everything that he did and decisions he made had to ladder up to that owner's intent. So it's like, you're going to go through a lot of bullshit when you're, when you're having a company, what's going to make it worth it at the end of the day. And if you say that your owner's intent is your mission statement, you're lying, right? Like why the business exists is to deliver on our mission statement. Why Jess Wendell owns this business is my owner's intent. So I, it was quite the exercise, but what I landed on, and I think that this answers your question because whether it's today or whether it's five, 10, 20 years from now, I honestly think that this owner's intent will remain the same no matter if it's the business is under me, somebody else, or if I'm halfway in, halfway out, or if we're, it could look so many different ways. But my owner's intent is to have the physical, financial, and emotional freedom to have meaningful and fulfilling experiences and relationships. So what that means to me is what I care about most in the world is relationships and experiences. I think that that is what life is all about. I think you can get super philosophical about what's the meaning of life. For me personally, it's to have meaningful relationships and experiences that I get things out of and it's fulfilling for me, but it's also fulfilling for other people. To have the physical, financial, and emotional freedom to do, to put my energy into those, I think I say energetic freedom too, to put my energy into those two things means that Maven and Drift and any venture that I am in is allowing me to have that. Financially, meaning we're making enough money where I can do things that I want to be doing. Mentally and energetically, meaning it's not sucking the life out of me. And emotionally, meaning that I'm enjoying it and having fun. And that when I go on vacation or have this epic experience or adventure, I'm not stressed about what's happening back at the office, or I'm not feeling like it's my one vacation of the year. I better, better make it the best. So that really helped me to say, it doesn't necessarily, I don't know what the future holds. I'm only on year three of Maven, year one and a half of Drift. And it's like, I think goals are important, but also seeing what transpires and I don't know how I'm going to feel in five years. Am I going to be like, I'm just getting started or am I going to be like, I think it's time that I take a step back. I don't want to put the pressure on myself to have that figured out right now. And so that owner's intent is my North star. It's what keeps me checking in with myself to say, is this client someone that's going to ladder up to my owner's intent? Am I going to have a fulfilling relationship and experience with them? If I'm not, they're probably not going to be brought on board. Same thing with a team member, same thing with just a direction that we're going. So the answer is, I don't know what the future holds, but I think that having this like guiding light is a good way to like gut check with yourself. I think that is better than any form of like, I'm going to get to this exact point could be because that's evergreen that, that allows for you to shift and change and evolve as a person and 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 continue forward with it. It doesn't keep you in the confines. Like I could say, we want Drift to be in every Sephora and CVS and Target by 2025. It's like, yeah, that'd be great. But what if we have this like insane opportunity to go a different route, but we're so stuck on that being our objective that we miss this like insane white space that we didn't even know existed. I feel like that is the perfect, I I mean, you're, it's a perfect encapsulation of working to live and like making the work in your life 
create the life that you want. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and allowing for it to it. evolve every in, in every facet. Um, Jess, this has been just just lovely. We could riff for hours. We could riff for hours. Um, okay, I wanna I wanna reflect a couple of things back to you that we talked about, yeah. um, and give you the opportunity for any closing thoughts. But I, the two the two main themes that I saw come through this the one and I called it out earlier, but just like innate curiosity, just allowing your curiosity and just the the things you don't know about the world take you to places that you never thought were going to exist before. Um, and, and scratching that itch, allowing yourself to kind of see these different corners of, of everything um, and, and see what takes you um, and, and allowing that to kind of like shape a lot of your life. Um, Thank you. I think you have that too. And I think that... I was fishing for that compliment. So. But No, but <laughs> something I was going to say that we haven't talked about is like, don't underestimate the power of people that you don't think can do anything for you. Mm. Like I just had coffee this morning with somebody who I met through naturally, or I actually met at a craft beer festival that I was with Rationale at, but then I've seen him since at expos at, at naturally Boulder events. And I knew what his job was today, but we've never sat down for coffee and we've been meaning to for months and months and months. And I just got his entire backstory that blew my mind and gave him just like the credibility and clout that I didn't already have for him and made me look at him in a different light and made us like we had conversations I didn't think that we would have. And I think, you know, you and I are a great example of just if you go after what you think something will do for you, you're not leaving any space for what could be. And I think people will surprise you. It's why I take a call or really offer to meet anybody because you just never know. Like personally or professionally, you don't know what doors people can open for you. How our lunch turn podcast happened because you posted on LinkedIn saying that you were your schedule is open for anyone who wanted to schedule time. So which you I, would do anyway. Exactly, I, I texted you, did, but uh, no, I think that one of my favorite phrases, I guess, that I've repeated to myself over the years is like, you never know if the next person you meet is going to be the person that changes your life. A thousand percent. And it's, I feel like it's I'm proven that time and again. Yeah. And not going with preconceived notions, having that curiosity and just allowing somebody to show you who they are as opposed to labeling them ahead of time. Or like you introduced me to a realtor that was looking for a house for me that could have, it didn't, I'm not no longer buying a house here, but <laughs> could have, you know, turned into my house. Like you just never know. Totally. And like good people find good people. Good people find good people. That's my mom tells me that all the time. Um, you're really good people, Jess. You so are too. this was amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Cheers.